Hey Donna, are you ready? Donna, are, 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 hey, no one, are you? Let's see what happens just before we go on the air. We never get on the air. Baby face, baby gas face. There you go. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Face. Hey, I'll tell you something. Uh, yeah, the face thing, you know, I'm a little emotionally still trying to adjust to that. You know, I've been known as hashtag the face for years, and now some people That's are right. calling me. What do they call me, Nguyen? What? Uh, baby face? Baby gas face. Baby gas face. It's the face a baby makes when it's got gas. And everybody goes, oh, how yeah. cute. Look, there he's smiling. <laughs> and no, that's not face. it. He's about to bust a big one. So <laughs> when, is that, when is that transition from uh, a baby gas cute face to transitioning to don't make that face or you're going to get in trouble? You know what I mean? Uh, when you go to Walmart. Could be. Yes, Damn, or hysterical. when you're at Olin Mills having a family photo done. Oh. What the hell's Olin Mills? Oh, It's a place where you get family photos. Oh, I, is it? Yeah. Enough of this silliness. Let's get on with the show. We're wasting time here because we have a very important guest. Come on, Fiducia, bring her in. Dallas, where you guys are. That's right. Yes, and that would be one Karen Watson. Can we see Karen's beautiful face there? Hello, Karen. Come on, Ron, where are you? There you go. Hi, Karen. (laughs) For the record, record, she only gave us a 1 out of 10. She gave me a new one a 1 out of 10. That's right. Yeah. Prior to the show, we well, always check with the guests to see where the sexy factor is with Stucci and Nguyen. That's one more than Because we me. know it's really high with Fiducia. No, that's one more than I'd give him. Oh! That's okay. <laughs> hey, look at it. Look at it. Look at it. You, go, you thought I was sexy at some point in my that's life. That's true. That's true. Okay. We're going to talk about race and politics, rewriting our history, and yeah. Karen Watson is an author, a producer, and the names of her books are just the best. I little, can't wait for you to get to that. I'm going to leave the best to the last. Being Black and Republican in the Age of Obama, How the Democrats Stole the Black Vote and How Republicans Can Win It Back. Then I'm going to skip the next one. Being Black and Republican in the Age of Trump, but my favorite, your third book, <laughs> Jackass, the true story of the Democrat Party and their relationship with Black America. And Jackass was not Johnny Knoxville, by the way, just for the just for the record. But your your book titles are awesome. <laughs> and Karen yeah, Watson, welcome yeah, yeah. to the Situation Room. It's great to see you. I mean, you've been on Cowboy Logic numerous times, but obviously mm-hmm. uh, we can see you now, so that's very cool. Yes, awesome, awesome. So you're also working with the New Journey Pack, which is um, uh-huh. aka say Bo Snurdly's pack because everybody knows him as Bo Snurdly. But uh, we've also had Autry Pruitt on from the New Journey pack. And this pack is what Bo is putting together. James Golden is his real name, by the way. That's Rush Limbaugh's legendary producer, who, by the way, happens to be black. And everybody kept saying that, you know, Rush is racist. Well, James worked with Rush for, what, 35 years, something like that? I mean, met him at WBC in New York. Yeah. So... Anyhow, so he's starting this new journey pack. Tell us a little bit about that because you're affiliated with that as well. Well, when you think of uh, really the conservative movement, you can't think about the conservative movement and not think about Rush Limbaugh. And they try to discredit conservatives with, you know, race, sex. Either racist or sexist. 
or you're homophobic or you're racist, sexist, and homophobic, you know, and so that you can't get your message out. And that's, uh, that's been the same card that they play, they being liberals and the left, um, because they don't want to talk about the actual tenets of thought, you know, what, like, what is it about conservatism that you don't like? Oh, well, they're just racist. Well, what what are the real problems that you dis the issues that you disagree with? Oh, well, they're sexist. You know, it's it's not about the actual meat of a, a conservative. And you know, James Golden, who is an amazing man, and uh, Audrey Pruitt, who is the CEO of, of New Journey Pack are out there doing the work, which is making sure people know what conservatives are all about. Which is, you know, and both Autry and James, as you know, are black. So who do you have? I have bl Karen. two black men who mm -hmm. think this whole race card is ridiculous. Karen, back in 2013, Donna and I attended the South Carolina Tea Party Coalition Convention uh, in, you're gonna say. in Myrtle Beach. And at this convention, there were candidates, political candidates that were running for office, be it uh, U.S. House of Representatives or some of them were trying to run against Lindsey Graham in the Senate. But there was a guy that was running for Congress that had his little table set up and he was behind the table. He had all his little brochures laid out because he wanted people to vote for him and support him. And I walked up to him and I asked him a question. And I said, very simply, I said, sir, what is it that you've got in your platform that is going to bring black South Carolinians back to the Republican Party where they will be embraced? That was the question. Mm -hmm. And he ignored and so I asked it again, a second time. I tapped on the desk and I said, hey, and I asked the same question. What do you, what's on your platform that's going to bring he had no answer. black South Carolinians back to the Republican Party? Right. No answer. Third time around, he ignored me twice. And the third time around, I said, look, dude, you don't have a snowball in hell's chance of getting elected because you haven't figured out how to bring the black vote and the black voters back to the Republican Party where they will be embraced and where they will be respected and where they will stop right. being used as little pawns. You don't have it in you to win because you haven't figured this out yet. What is your message to Republican candidates? Well, you didn't finish that story. Because then you said, look to this guy over here. Yeah, and he answer... pointed to Kay Carl Smith's table and and the Frederick Douglass Republicans. And he goes, you need to talk yeah. to Yeah, because Kay Carl was looking at me do this whole thing going, oh, boy, I know where he's going with this. Yeah. And the thing is, this guy was clueless. He didn't have it. He was white as a saltine cracker. He didn't get it. Right. He didn't understand what he needed to do. What is your message to especially white Republican candidates to start bringing that black vote and the black and most importantly, the black voter back to the party where they're going to be embraced and stop being used. Well, we have to stop letting race or uh, the narrative of race being weaponized against us. And what I mean by that is that 
The story of the Republican Party is the story of black people. And I know we know no one wants to talk about that true history because they don't know it. You know, we really are the party of Lincoln. We are the party of Frederick Douglass, the party of uh, Harriet Tubman, the party of freedom, the party of, you know, equal rights. Why do we dodge from that? It's because the Democrats have done a great job in making us think that we're the opposite. They're made us think that our history is their history. Because we're not the party of the KKK. We're not the party of segregation. We're not the party of uh, the Jim Crow. And yet we kind of don't know our history. And you know, like the Bible says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. So part of it, and K. Crow is wonderful at that, is trying to educate um, African Americans and Black Americans about our true history. But my thing is, is that if the Democrat Party wanted our vote, they should earn our vote. And they don't. Look at what happened with the uh, election of Biden. He said so many despicable things about black Americans. And, you know, but I mean, we don't have to go through that list. I have it all in my book. And he still, you know, thinks and says the things that he's done. And yet we give him our vote because uh, a guy, Clyburn in South Carolina, basically sells our vote to, to Biden and tells black people in South Carolina he hadn't won uh, a primary during it, during any other state except South Carolina because he got the black vote. And that's because black people were told who to vote for. Um, that's despicable. They weren't, you know, given any, uh, they weren't given anything. What we need to do is Tell the truth. The truth is, is however you feel about President Trump, black Americans fared a lot better on him than we will fear on the President Biden. However you feel. Because unemployment for black people for the first time that's been noted was at parity with white people. Um, that was a huge thing uh, to, to reduce, I know this was before COVID, but uh, what he did for the HBCUs, uh, the historically black colleges and universities and getting rid of and canceling that debt. We need to stop weaponizing race. And we need to stop looking at things as they are. And if the Democrats had a plan that worked for black people, then prove it. But they haven't. They simply haven't. Is the United this States thing about getting rid of the police is not going to help black communities. Yeah, I mean, I, most I black. No, I was going to say to me, anybody who has a, a, a brain cell can see this and they play the black community for a bunch of dummies. I would find it insulting. And I think a lot of blacks do. And I think Trump got a lot more of the black vote than they even want to let on. And I also believe uh, when you're over the target like that, that's why you're being attacked. 
and and uh, I I I just can't imagine what it would be like to not have in any community. Why would you not want police? I mean, here in Georgia, the woman who owned the Wendy's was a black woman. It got burned down. She's out of a, a business. Many people are out of jobs in that area. It hasn't come back. So I, I'm right. not sure. If you, you're talking about inner cities that have been Democrat controlled for decades, black or otherwise, Democrat controlled for decades. And it's basically turned into a sewer. And people are trying to better themselves. And I believe that they had that opportunity under Donald Trump. And now because of Trump derangement syndrome, Biden's just undoing everything he can uh, just, you know, yeah. because he's able to. And it's to the detriment of everybody, especially the black community. Right. Right. I, I, I truly agree with that. And, you know, we're talking to people who could care less about black people, could care less. To care less. I remember um, there were, remember when people were putting all those Black Lives Matter signs up in their yard, you know, acting as if that had really did something for Black people by putting a, a yard sign up in your yard saying you have, you believe in Black Lives Matter. Well, there was a neighborhood in the Dallas area, they call it South Dallas. Technically, that kind of story, and it is uh, it, it is a very underprivileged area, and it needs a lot of help and a lot of support. But all those people that were putting up those signs, I asked one of the pastors at my church who had that up as if that did something, and he never once, when I asked him to join me and feeding people down in that neighborhood, picking up trash in that neighborhood, that does a lot more than putting up a sign in front of a house where a white person resides saying Black Lives Matter. Go down to those areas and do something. Get involved. Teach the children. It's just sound and theory signifying nothing. There are problems, yes, but the solution is not yard signs or giving money to a cause that doesn't help or do one thing for one black person. Well, Karen, you know, it seems like the, a lot of these people that are pushing and fighting these movements, like you're referring to people putting signs in their front yard. A lot of these people that become government dependent um, are the last people to actually go out and do something constructive in regards to the causes that they're fighting. They think going on to social media and arguing with people is solving something. They think that putting a yard sign out in their yard is doing something, but yet those same people are doing nothing to actually go out there and make a good positive difference within our communities. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, why? What are you really saying? I mean, you know, getting out there and protesting, those those communities that are hurting are still hurting. The, that's one of the things that I, I loved about the conservative movement is that it wasn't about optics. It was, let's get and do the work and bring down unemployment. Let's get in and do the work and make sure that kids can read when they go, you know, when they graduate school. That education is real, and it's not about some teachers' union and you know some administrator who makes 
a million dollars a year in telling teachers that make barely $60,000 a year what, you know, this is the way to go. There is real work to be done in this country. And it's not with the slogans that they keep on swinging and expect the black community just to take it and run with it. Karen, what have, have the following ever done to enrich or better the lives of black Americans? A, liberal-run cities, mayors, uh, city councils. B, the Congressional Black Caucus. C, the Democrat Party. D, Black Lives Matter. What have any of those organizations or political entities ever done in history to better or enrich the lives of our fellow black Americans? Well, I think they're right to point them out, and we should. And we should have, uh, we should have a true grading system of, of what they've done. Now, the Congressional Black Caucus, um, our state chair, out Colonel Allen West, when he was a representative from Florida, and as a Republican, joined the Congressional Black Caucus, um, which they didn't really appreciate that. But he's black and he was a, you know, a Republican and he was in Congress, so he thought that, yeah, and he, that's right, he should have. But um, to change what people think of as Congressional Black Caucus. Now, I think that what we're asking is, what have so many of the Democrats who've done for their now, regardless of them being black, white, or whatever, what have they done for the overall black community? And the answer is nothing. A big fat goose nothing egg. And, um, you know, it's funny, going back to Rush Limbaugh, I'm just obviously a huge fan, devastated at uh, the fact that he's gone. But your new journey pack, yeah. what, what Rush used to call the uh, NAACP, he called it the NAALCP, National Association for the Advancement of Liberal Colored People. Not only, uh -huh. just the name even is, is dated at this point. But again, he used to yeah, always it say was, that- It was an organization that was started by conservatives, started by Republicans. The NAACP, the genesis of that, it was started because there was a race riot in Illinois. And then they said, oh, this is ridiculous. We need to stop this and let people know. And so their birthday was on what would have been the 100th birthday for Abraham Lincoln. But the thing is that Republicans and conservatives, we tend to lose our icon because we don't know our history. And it wasn't what it is today. But the Democrats came and they took it over. And we just like, okay, if you look at the history of it, once you delve into the history of, of the beginning of the NAACP, it is nowhere near what it is now. Now it's just some kind of political arm for the Democrats. Yeah. But I will tell you, you also go into the communities of black people and they will tell you the NAACP is not there for them. Yeah. One last um, tale of that last question that I had. Uh -huh. In your opinion, is there anything beneficial to a white liberal 
getting down on their knees and apologizing to a black American for anything. Yeah, for voting Democrat, they should do that. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. Good I mean, one. what did we fight a civil war for? You know, I mean, and now you've got these idiot brainwashed kids on campus that want separate graduation ceremonies for blacks and Hispanics. I mean, hello, you know, you're you're preaching segregation, and you're saying that you're you know that whites are are inherently racist, which is insane because that alone is racist. I wanted to ask you, though, just out of curiosity, as a young black woman, were you always conservative? Oh, I mean, yeah, I said, thank you for calling me young. I keep on telling everybody I'm still young. <laughs> No, uh, but no, were you always conservative or uh, is this something that you did a 180 on? Because I actually did a 180. I was a, a John Kennedy Democrat, you know, until hmm. finally, I, I guess I got red pilled to some extent. But uh, I mean, you obviously have to basically hide the fact that you might be conservative a lot of times. or We all have to. And it's kind of no. scary in any way. I don't hide anyone that knows I don't me. I don't hide anything. Like I say, I don't have that many friends because all I talk about is politics and religion, but I don't hide anything about me. Um, most people don't think the government is smarter than they are. Most people don't. All, I mean, once you have any relationship with the DMV, or you have to contact the government for something, you realize that it just is, uh, you know, Reagan was right. The, you know, the four words, the horrible, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. I mean, it is going to be problems. The government does not do a better job. They are not smarter than you. And the beauty of America is freedom. And the government is all about taking away your freedom and taking away your money and telling you it's not yours and it's theirs and they, and they know what's better to do with it. And then they find their friends and they give special cushy uh, programs for their friends, but not to you because you know, you're not part of that clique. And um, it doesn't benefit black people. It doesn't you know, benefit any people. There was something that I was trying to say on one of the previous shows that we did, and I'm going to use this opportunity to throw that in there. When we're looking at our society, one of the big topics on one of the shows we did this week, Karen, is is accountability, self-accountability, taking responsibility for yourself, right? Stop, stop depending on the world to save you and, and stop blaming everybody for your problems. When we sit here and look from the outside in, and we're looking at societal issues, um, we're looking at critical race theory, where they're basically teaching racism and hatred within our educational system. Mm -hmm. We have a Democratic Party that is teaching um, all different types of ethnicities to be victims of something. Uh, we're teaching right. the sensitivity level where, like Don and Donna were talking about, uh, people are voluntarily now wanting to segregate themselves. We are embedding this mentality within our society, within our culture. Um, where is the end of this? And, and the biggest question I have is why doesn't more people on the Democratic side actually see what is really going on when when it's this manufactured reality of hatred, hatred, racism, and um, everything? It, it, how do they not see this? Well, 
Well, unfortunately, we only have a minute left, though, Rocky. I know. Hold that, that answer. We're, that was a long question. Have, yeah, hold the answer until we get back the, from the uh, two-minute break here. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing, though, is, is that we, we live in a society where we're taught to be a victim. We live in a society where there's really no true answers from the people that claim to represent us within government. We live in a society where now government feels like they have to be the ones to solve all of our problems. I want to talk about this with Karen when we come back. Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot going on in our world, and we just need to sit down and stop for a second and, and, and start looking at the matrix for what it is because that's the only way we're going to start solving these problems. You're listening to The Situation Room. Visit the websites, thepatrioticreport.com, cowboylogic.us. Of course, Don Nguyen, Donna Fiducia, Rocky Stucci, producer Ron Phillips. When we come back, so much more with Karen Watson. Stand by, folks. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial right now. Retailers have canceled MyPillow. And to thank you for your support, I'm going to pass the savings directly on to you. For example, you get my six-piece towel sets, regular $109.99, now only $44.98. Or MyPillow dog beds for as low as $19.99 with your promo code. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The flag is my father. 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 The flag is my dad. The flag is my mother. The flag is my brother. The flag is my teacher. The flag is my coach. The flag is my scoutmaster. The flag is my principal. The flag is our police officers. The flag is our soldiers. The flag is our sailors. The flag is our airmen. The flag is our Marines. The flag is my community. The flag is my friend. The flag is me. The flag is me. The flag is you. The flag is you. The flag is us. I carry the flag. I love you, man. Hey, Rocky, I, I love, love you. you no, I, I love you, you man. I love Good night, you. I love you back, man. Morning, mama. Good night, Ron. Ron, I love you, man. I love you, dude. Good night, I, I love you too, dude. Hey, did you and cry? Did you cry in the in the TV show Outsiders yes. when the dude in the church got burnt? Yes, I didn't even have to wait for you to answer that question or ask the question, it. but yes. The Outsiders? I haven't seen it. Well, I, cr I cried when Tony Montana got shot up in Scarface oh! at the end and into the pool. Say hello to my little friend. Oh. I, cried at, I cried at that. Hey, who was the guy, who was the kid on The Godfather? Um, Sonny. 
Was it Sonny? Yeah. Fredo. No. That that's that's Sonny, a yeah, Sonny, Sonny. Yep, Sonny. Oh, when he got is shot he up. Is he the one that went through? Is he the one that went through the uh, the, the toll, toll booth and got like smithereens? Oh. See, if he had had Easy Pass, he would be alive today. That's a great point. Um, yeah. I, I cried when Will Ferrell. Traffic humor. Played his drums. Oh gosh. <laughs> played his brother's drums. Karen, please bring this back to some sense. All right, Karen, let's get back. And sensibility. I have a question. Karen. As soon as you're finished, as soon as you're finished, I want the first question of the segment. Because I have to actually say all of her books because I just love to say jackass on the air. Oh. And that's what I know, right? Race, politics, rewriting history. She's an author and producer. Her books, Being Black and Republican in the Age of Obama and also Being Black and Republican in the Age of Trump. Why are you looking at me like I'm, that? I'm watching you Those read. are two books. The third one, How the Democrats Stole the Black Vote and How Republicans Can Win It Back. All this excellent resources, folks, for everything we're talking about this hour. And finally, Jackass, the true story of the Democrat Party and their relationship with black America. I love it. I just I just want to say Jackass. Throw it back to me, Donna. Okay, Don, go ahead. But Rocky had a question. <laughs> That's okay. Rocky can wait. He's younger than I am. <sighs> Karen. I asked this question of our mutual buddy, K. Carl Smith, about a month and a half ago, and I got a very interesting answer out of him. I'm going to ask the same of you. Is the United States systematic racist country? I, I really don't know what that means, but if you're saying are there really people, I mean, we are using, I'm not an apologist for people who are racist. Race, the, racism is an evil thing. And there are people who have looked at me because I'm a black woman from the South and have created in their mind that I don't matter and that I'm less than. But most people, I believe, are busy in their own lives. Racism does exist. Is is a table racist? Is is everything that a person does racist? Um, I'll tell you what I I heard from one of uh, the persons that came to hear me speak was a former secret uh, service agent. And he said, there are some racist people in this country. There are about 10,000 of them. We're a country of about 330 million. There are some people in this country that think that they are birds. I mean, there are mentally ill people. That doesn't uh, define who the country is. There are people that will use that narrative to get uh, to form an agenda that is not for them. So are the racist people? Yeah. Is the country? I mean, what does that mean? Uh, you know, we have a, a country that elected as president a black, a man who defines himself as black. So, which means that the majority of the people that voted for him were not black. And so what do you mean when you say racist? Now, when I think of racist, I think of kind of like that Secret Service agent said about those 10,000 
people that he knows that are hanging out in the country because there are crazy people in the world. I mean, it's all in the world. But as a country, that uh, I, it's a weird thing to define the country as racist. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Um, as a white, middle-aged, I Irishman. guess I'm middle-aged man. Irishman. <laughs> In your opinion, is it possible for me to be <laughs> the victim of racism? Yeah. There are people that don't like people for all kinds of reasons. And mm -hmm. there are there are mentally ill people. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It, if you don't like a person because of the color of their skin or because of the height or because of their accent, then... That's more about you than it is about them. You know, now I think that you should judge a person by the content of their character. I mean, if you're a bad person, if you treat your neighbor wrong, then uh, I don't think you're, I don't care what color you are. There are yeah, more people. No, go ahead. I was going to say that I think Martin Luther King is rolling over in his grave right now. Yeah. Hatred is hatred. Evil is evil. There is a place that is in one of the most beautiful areas in the country or in the world called Rwanda. Um, just a little south of a place called Kenya, just south of the equator. And in 90 days, a million people were killed with machetes. Black people black people. Hutus still took these. Sisis still Hutus. I mean, is that racism? They're from the, they're the same race. You know, you look at them uh, phenotypically, they're the same race, but there is hatred. It's above that. A million people in 90 days killed with machete. That's a hatred. You never hear about that, you never hear about that ever. Because it doesn't fit the narrative. It happened under, you know, Bill Clinton's watch. You know, it's, man, they so-called love black people. How could you love black people and know that a million people are being slaughtered, slaughtered under your watch? You know, and um, I think, I think too, Karen, uh, because right now as we speak, the exact same thing is happening in the Congo. And, and we, I've done shows about this, and I think it was 7 million people massacred in a 10-year period in the Congo area in Africa. Not a hint yeah. of information in the United States about the savagery. And you make a very good point in regards to since the existence of human beings. Uh, it, uh, it's, right. I don't want to say it because it bothers me, but it's part of the human DNA that we identify ourselves to be different than other people. And you could break it down in so many different factions, religion, color of skin, man, woman, however you want to look at it. We see what's going on in the Middle East, depending on what tribe you're from, uh, determines whether you live or not. That's the world that we right. live in. But so let me let me circle back. And, um, and, and so for one, we identify that, right? We identify that human beings can be a very evil creature. We know that it, yeah. it exists globally, right? And so when we know that, 
I don't think teaching that is helping to solve that. I don't think teaching people to identify themselves to be different than another human being is helping that. I don't think bringing that into our educational system and teaching that is going to help the future generations of this country. I don't think Democrats using it as a political pawn is helping our country. Honestly, I think the more we talk about racism in this country, the more racist we are breeding and we are generating. I know people today that are feeling more racist because they continue to be called a racist. Um, so what's the solution? How do we solve this problem um, besides completely getting rid of the entire Democratic Party? Which would be a that great would be a start. Good start. It would be a great start. I think um, the media. <laughs> I think that there are the, the two things that are most important in this life is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you can do that, you're going to treat everybody fine. Your neighbor is black, white, yellow, whatever. Love your neighbor as yourself and love god we need to get back to do those things and we'll have an amazing country the part of the problem is using the narrative of racism against us mm -hmm. you should be able to use the narrative of racism as something to promote our amazing country in yeah. this country we had a civil war to end slavery. We had, I mean, that's, that's saying something. There are more white people that died to end slavery than black people. Yes, there were black people, brave black people who fought in every war that this country's ever had. I mean, the first person to die for the flag was Christmas Adams, a black man. We don't know history well enough to dig into uh, the stories of race too often because it's used against us. I was speaking to a group of uh, high school kids and I in, in Texas area, an area called Tarrant County, which is where Fort Worth is. And these kids in May, I asked them, I said, um, how long did we have race? How uh, did we have slavery in this country? And there were kids. One kid raised his hand and said a thousand years. Now I had to correct him and let him know that we hadn't even been a country for a thousand years. But it, and this was a high school in Texas. And I said, uh, you know, we let's. When was the country started? I didn't want to go into. Just when did we declare ourselves a sovereign nation? Did you know they had to look that up on their phone? Yeah, this so was that only was a couple what years. Seventeen seventy-six is so now yeah. they're going to learn sixteen nineteen is because they're going to rewrite history. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and we don't even know history now. So yeah. they had to look it up, and here it is in May, and they had to look up. 1776 and July 4th. Think about that. And then, so I said, okay, not into, I didn't even get into anything else, just like, let's use that as a bookend for the beginning of the country. And then I said, 
when was slavery officially ended? I don't want to go into manumission. I don't want to go into some you know states that didn't have colonies that didn't even have slavery. Any of that. Just a basic, basic, basic. And then they looked up and they said they had to use your phone for that too. And they said 1865 Miss Karen. And then I'm like, okay, how many years is it from 1776 to 1865, and they had to use the calculators for that too, which shows there's a problem with our education system, and they said 89 years. So I said, okay, now let's talk about something that happened in this country for 89 years. And until, you know, and then we were able to contextualize the argument and truth, and it changes the narrative. And then we could talk about people like Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman and Abraham Lincoln and John Brown and so many wonderful people um, who stood up against evil against man. And that's the story that we need to tell. And I'm glad I was able to tell that at high school. I think we the real bigger story we need to tell is the lack of education. I mean, this is insane yeah. to, to be able that you have to explain that to a high school kid is ridiculous. Yeah. I constantly yeah. do hashtag defund teachers unions with what's going on now. They still don't want to go to work in the bigger cities. These kids are behind already. When I was in New York City, I believe the average graduation uh, rate. Well, I think the average graduate took about six to seven years instead of four at high school, at the high school level in New York City. And they're spending at that time about $15,000 a student. I'd like to give the inner city kids of all colors, I'd like to give their parents $15,000 a year and let them go spend that money where they want. They want charter schools. They want better education. And the teachers unions are stopping it. And like you say, say to them, do you like to go to the DMV? Do you want your your life to be run like the DMV? Mm -hmm. You're talking about government education now, government everything. When does the government do better than the private sector? But all kids know today is how terrible that uh, the economy is and how you know individualism is terrible and capitalism is horrible. And it's, it's upside down. It is upside down, but it's a lack of education. If people aren't thinking anymore. We have lost the art of thought. And we have people who are going out believing things that don't make any sense. And we were talking a little earlier, like why? Why do we have people come who will come over to this country and yet running away from what they had from you know their previous country and hate actually hate this country. I mean, literally, don't love it, won't die for it, won't do anything, won't volunteer for it, won't even speak good of it. And we allow that. How, how does that happen? How do we how about not state have... State? How about how California what? moving to Florida and still hating this country and voting the same stupid stuff that they left California over and Oregon and every and the you know New York and New Jersey moving to Florida in the South. We don't teach people how to think. No one thinks how how do you think this through? How in the world 
we, we think that spending $2 trillion on COVID, so-called COVID relief, when only less than 10% that was for COVID anyway, was going to be something that was going to be beneficial to the country. There was so much corruption in that bill that was passed. How is that okay? What, you know, they want to talk about an insurrection. How come there was no insurrection over that crazy law that was passed? I mean, how do you, most people don't even know how many zeros are in a trillion. And we have bills where we are saddling this country with trillions and trillions of dollars in debt. That's insane. We have bills that are being passed that nobody reads. It's insane. I mean, that's criminal. That's criminal. They, and everybody is going to find out what's in it. Obamacare. Yeah. Karen, um, I happen to believe that in the 2020 election, that Trump probably received between 20 and 30 percent of the black vote. That is my guess. I may be on an island out there by myself, but I believe that he actually did receive that high of a percentage of the black vote, which if it would have been an honest election and a transparent election and an election of integrity would have ended the Democrat Party. Because if if the Republican Party can take 20 to 30 percent of the black American vote, they're done. Now, having said that, I'm assuming that you have lived your life, your entire life, as a black American. No. Yes, I'm black American. <laughs> okay. Now that we've got that verified, have you ever had any problem obtaining identification? Because I find it to be a complete <laughs> insult to black Americans that the libs seem to think that they are incapable of providing identification for themselves to be able to prove who they are. Is there any excuse that you can come up with that can help bolster that liberal mentality, that mental patient mentality, that black folks seem to have a hard time obtaining an ID and that therefore by requiring that we are suppressing the black vote? It's, we weren't suppressing the black vote by asking for ID. And in the recall that they have for Gavin Newsom, He's um, trying to make sure that going through all of the people who signed for the recall against him. Elections, and I've been an election judge for probably about two decades. Elections are important and they should be um, fair and they should be honest. And I think that's important no matter what side of the aisle you're on. You shouldn't be, you know, they, they talk about a guy who they think killed, killed his wife and he sent in her ballot for, for Trump. I mean, that's crazy too. Elections need to be secure. And why is there a problem with making sure that they are? That should, I mean, that is, that is as American as apple pie. You should make sure that You have one vote. My vote is as important and should be as valid as the next person. And you shouldn't be able to just drop off ballots wherever. I mean, I'm from Texas, and we've been dealing with voting problems 
since LBJ. So, you know, there are problems with integrity at the ballot. And like I said, we've been dealing with that since LBJ Senate race. So um, we need to just come true to what it is. You know, a lot of libs end up thinking that LBJ is some saint to uh, to the civil rights movement. Um, as a lifelong Texan, uh, you want to share your thoughts on LBJ and his thoughts on the black community and 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 really what he actually did or didn't do for the civil rights? Because a lot of your white libs think that he's he should be a, a saint when it comes to civil rights. Yeah, that's because people don't do their history. You know, and no one looks at anything critically. I really think we need to, our, our main problem is education. That we're not teaching people how to think. And, and we're not dealing with logic. You know, we talked about LBJ who spent all that money for his war on poverty. And we had more poverty after LBJ than we had before LBJ. So what happened to all that money? Could there have been a war in Vietnam that he needed to fund that they never declared a war from the Congress because Vietnam was always, what, uh, involvement because it never got congressional support as saying it or declared as a war. So we, had, we needed money to send all those people. I mean, Vietnam is pretty far away. And, you know, you can't swim to Vietnam. So how do you end up getting all of that over? And wars are costly. And even then, wars cost about, a, you know, millions of dollars a day. So sure, they same old Democrat playbook. Tell people it's for poverty. Really, it's for the war. Tell people it's for COVID. Really, it's for, it's crookedness and, and, uh, corruption and, and tell people what it no. You know what I'm saying? It's insane. LBJ voted against the civil rights legislation that Eisenhower uh, sent down with his vice president Nixon. And he did that in 1957 legislation. I mean, we can go on and on on things that LBJ did and didn't do for black people. But it's because we, and even Martin Luther King turned against LBJ. So what, why don't we mention that? That LBJ didn't have support of uh, MLK at the time. So we just, we believe what people tell us to believe until we start doing critical thinking and knowing our history. People can tell you it's green when it's blue and we'll believe it. They can tell you it's red when it's yellow and we'll believe it. They can tell you that everything's okay. We have right now a crisis at the border that nobody is talking about. We really have a crisis at the border. And we have a vice president that has yet to go down and visit, even visit the border. We have uh, a problem in the Middle East, our only ally. Do you know, we don't have that many allies in the Middle East. Our ally in the Middle East we don't, how come we're not supporting Israel when Israel is our only ally out there? And no one's talking about that. But we're just believing whatever, like you just, you know, we're not thinking things through. And we're getting caught up in 
you know, like the kids who think that the racism and slavery has been going on for a thousand years, even though we haven't been a country for a thousand years, and they're being used to manipulate it so that the Democrats can get what they want. And they've been doing this. Everything is emotion for the Democrats. That's the real problem. Everything is emotion. Hey, Donna and Rocky. Yeah. I'm going to tell Ron Phillips Uh that Rocky's shirt is yellow. And Ron's going to believe me because Ron's colorblind. No, he's not. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's what they they say. I mean, it's insane. It is insane. You get caught up in tearing down statues. They tore down a statue in Dallas, Texas. A Robert E. Lee. For what? I mean, I mean, it's insane that they tore down. I mean, the statue had been up for almost ninety years, and they pulled it down. Yeah, wasn't it funny? Wasn't it Morning Joe? We just played audio, I think, on our live show on Friday of of Morning Joe talking about or accusing the right of wanting to rewrite history. And it's yep. actually the left that's that's literally destroying any article of history uh, that this country has of representation of what made us such a great country. Yeah. yeah. Said, get out if you don't like it. Get out if you don't like it. Karen, we have a couple minutes left. Can you tell us about your new journey pack? What's going on with that? Um, Bo Snerdly, a.k.a. James Golden, and um, what Rush Limbaugh, I guess, um, well, hopefully it's it's what Rush, I guess, wanted, and uh, James is carrying on with that. But the New Journey Pack um, is trying to wake people up. Have a couple minutes to talk about it. Yes. I mean, changing critical race theory is, <laughs> is almost laughable, but it's real. That's a, that's a crazy thing. I mean, statues have been torn down uh we're trying to change the beginning date of the country to 1619. I mean, none of this makes sense until it does. What we have got to do is save our country. We either do that or it's over. And until we get in the fight and do the work that Rush started and Rush and both Nurgley, who was just a freaking genius and so is Autry Pruitt and all the other people who are working with Journey Pack. Until we get and do the work, don't think we can't, this country won't be over. Like I told people, anything that had a beginning can have an end. And just because we love America doesn't mean we can't do some far-gone idea. And that's what people are doing. And they really do want socialism, and they really do, you know, and the way they do that is have a race war. Study the Cuban Revolution, which is just 90 miles outside of Miami. They use the same taxes, same old story, but most people don't know it. They don't know what what Castro did uh, to Cuba, you know, and yeah. so many of these regimes that were taken over by saying they're going to do something and do the opposite. It's all an education. New Journey Pack and GOPbuzz.com as you see Karen's website there. We can find all her books, including Jackass. <laughs> Karen, your favorite. Thank, my favorite. thank you so much for joining us. It goes by too fast all the time. We love you, girl. Uh-huh.
Thank you so much, Carrie Watson. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this program, The Situation Room, ThePatrioticReport.com, CowboyLogic.us. Ladies and gentlemen, Don Nguyen, Donna Fiducia, Karen Watson, I am the emotional meatball Rocky Stucci, Pinnacle Broadcasting Productions from Brother Ron Phillips. Good night, everybody. Come on.